Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Pastor Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for uh, listening to the podcast. I'm so thrilled that you're taking a few moments to advance and develop your leadership skills. Constant investments in leadership is the quickest way to create multiplication. We know in the book of Acts that it says that they added to the church daily, and it wasn't until Acts chapter 6 where it says that they found seven individuals of good report, and they began to put them in positions of authority that the church began to multiply. Why? Because the key is this. The more leadership is uh, developed, uh, the more multiplication is possible. So thank you so much for wanting to be a multiplier in life and in ministry. Uh, Today I want to take a few minutes and I want to talk to you about sustainable ministry. See, that's one of the questions that is really thrown around a lot in ministry right now. And that is, how do you do this, how do you do it well, and how do you keep doing it and doing it at a high level so that you're able to have a sustainable ministry? One of my life verses is from John chapter 15 where Jesus gave these words, I've not only ordained that you bear fruit, but that your fruit remain. The first part of that can be achieved through talent. You can be gifted by God, you can be anointed by God, you can be called by God, and you can start bearing fruit because whatever God ordains tends to have fruit. But more than just bearing fruit, God said through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that he wanted us to have fruit that remained. That's sustainable ministry. How do we create ministry? Not one day, not one week, not one month, not one year, but year after year, decade after decade, and do it at a high and effective level. I want to give you uh, just five simple keys for sustaining ministry. Number one is the word renewal. For there to be sustainable ministry, there has to be ongoing renewal. It's the old illustration when you get on a plane and they say, if the plane's in trouble, put your mask on first. What are they saying? They're saying that if you are going to be helpful to anyone else, you have to make sure that you have taken care of you. Well, in our terms, that means that there has to be ongoing renewal. You can't live off yesterday. You can't live off last year. You have to be renewed. Now, the thing about renewal is is that there are different types of renewal. But for the leaders that I've seen that have been able to sustain over long periods of time, the best analogy that I could give would be a trickle charge. Now, a trickle charge is when you have a battery and the battery has uh, begun to lose its charge, and you know that you need to charge it. Well, a lot of us, especially years ago, we would get jumper cables, and we would literally uh, jump that battery so that another battery was pouring into that battery to give it the strength to turn on, and then you would drive away. 
The thing about it is, every time there was a jump charge, they say that a portion of the battery that was being charged would die. And they said if you really wanted that battery to last a long time, you would do a trickle charge. That is just a low voltage charge that isn't all at once, isn't over the top with power, but it's a little bit of energy going in. Now, it usually took over a day to do a trickle charge, but they said that it was the most healthy way. Well, in leadership, there has to be an ongoing moment where there is the uh, pouring in of God in some way into your life. What we call that is renewal. Now, it's true that you can go to meetings and there can be these big blasts and these big occurrences, but like when you jump charge, that doesn't guarantee that the next time you turn on the battery, there's going to be energy there. But what God asks us to do is to realize that there is to be an ongoing pattern where we begin to create opportunities for God's presence to saturate our life. Now, that can take a lot of forms. It can take uh, the form of just the devotional habits you have. It can take the worship habits that you have. But what we're talking about is living in such a way that there is the ongoing transference of who God is into your life. Now, the thing is, I don't know your personality. I know mine. What I know about me is that I have to disconnect. If I do not disconnect, I will not survive. And that I have to stay connected. The concept of Jesus. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. So, let me give you an illustration. Just the fact that you're listening to this podcast. There is something that is going into you. And because you're making an investment in who you are, it's going to create opportunities for you to do bigger and better things and to have sustainable ministry. And if it's your prayer time, if it's your devotional time, if it's your worship time, if it's just your fasting time, all of those create moments for God to do something in you. So, if we're going to have sustainable ministry, then there has to be ongoing renewal. It can't just be once or twice. It has to be something that happens. Now, a part of that is that leaders know how to create margin. And they know that margin is a part. Now, I'm sort of old, so let me describe margin my way. Um, they used to give you, in school, sheets of paper. And on one side, there was the margin. Now, one of the things that the teacher told you is, do not write in the margin. I guess because when I got my papers back, that's where she got to write. But I was not to write in the margin. What that meant is, I didn't use up every bit of the paper. Now, in leadership, there has to be margin. So you've got to create it. In my life, where I'm at in ministry, I know that every day I could get a call that is going to be that ultimate crisis for some pastor, for some minister. Which means, I know it's going to happen. I don't know who the call's going to come from. I don't know when the call's going to come. 
But I do know, based on my current ministry, I will get that call. So what that means is, when I'm not in the office, when I'm not speaking, I create margin. I like to put it this way. To be good at doing something, you have to be good at doing nothing. And I find that most people try to occupy their lives with so many levels of activity that they never just get in a place where their spirit, their soul, and their body gets to rest. Where they get to fulfill what was said in Psalms. Be still and know that I am God. So principle number one, renewal. Principle number two, reflection. Years ago, I was reading the Harvard Business Review. It's an interesting article because it was uh, a corporate psychologist. He was a psychologist, but he didn't talk to average people like me. He talked to high-power people, people that ran major, major companies. And in this interview, you could tell that uh, it was time-sensitive and the interview was drawing to the close. And the very last question was this. What is the single thing that determines a very good CEO from a very bad CEO? And it was at that point in the article, I was really interested because I wanted to be able to grasp that. And the psychologist responded, oh, that's simple. It's reflection. He says good CEOs have reflection. Bad CEOs don't have reflection. He says your ability to reflect determines whether you're going to be the good one or the bad one. That really sort of um, got my attention. And I started delving into it and looking at what they meant by the term reflection. And what he said was later on was this. He says every CEO has to make decisions. They have to make uh, big decisions. They have to make little decisions. And they know that those decisions are going to affect other people. But here's the thing. A bad CEO makes the decision and just says, that's my job. That's just what I have to do. And since that's my job and what I have to do, everyone just has to live with it. A good CEO will reflect and say, I had to make a decision. Was that a good decision? Was that a bad decision? Were the outcomes positive or negative? Did I make that decision in a way that it impacted the most people positively or did I make it in a negative way? And he says what reflection does, it helps you to learn about you at life speed. It lets you begin to analyze who you are. I'm convinced in the Old Testament when we'd read in the Psalms and it would use the word Selah to sort of give it a break pause, that it was a description of a leader being reflected. See, reflection lets us learn, and it lets us understand that there may be things that we can do better, and reflection also helps you to let go. And what that means is there's a certain amount of time that you can reflect before reflection becomes dissection. And dissection is when you just relive a decision so many times that you're basically killing yourself. That being said, we want to reflect and not dissect. So 
Two ideas, renewal, reflection. Third is reinvention. If you don't reinvent, you become obsolete. Everyone has a time zone that's their favorite. If you want to be a leader who used to be good, allow your time zone to be yesterday. Allow it to be the past. Here's what I can tell you, is great leaders are always reinventing. They're always thinking in new detail and new depth. I have a dear friend, um, he's pretty famous, his name's John Maxwell. And because we've had a relationship of nearly 30 years, um, I get to see parts of him that other people don't get to see. But the thing that I can tell you about John is that he's always reinventing. He's always reinventing himself. So if you don't want to become obsolete, you reinvent. The best ideas that you have are not behind you. They are ahead of you. And you have to keep reinventing. So whatever that looks like, you've got to renew, you have to reflect, and you have to reinvent. Another word, and I know this is going to sound a little bit strange about sustainable ministry, but it's the word recruitment. And recruitment just basically means this. Each stage of your life is usually going to involve new people. Now, I've had the privilege of living longer than some people have lived. And what I can tell you is, the person that you needed when you were 10 is not the person that you need when you're 20. The person you need when you're 20 is not the person that you need when you're 30. In fact, if you want to mess up your life, be the person who's 30, who is looking for the same person that you looked for when you were 20. Now, I'm not saying that there will not be a couple of people who take the whole journey with you. But what I am saying is, the people around us transition. They transition for their well-being, and they transition for our well-being. And one of the things you have to remember is you can never let your old friends drag you down. Each stage of life requires new friends. Probably one of the more visual illustrations is when it comes to marriage. A young guy meets a young girl. They fall in love. He asks the question. She says yes. They get married. And when they get married, they're now at a segue in life. The question is, how do they move forward? Well, let me answer that by how they won't move forward. If that guy keeps hanging around with all his single friends. See, single friends talk in ways that married friends don't talk. Single friends act in ways that married people don't act. And it's not that being single is bad. It's just that to stay married, you need married friends and not just single friends. It's not that you can't have any single friends. It means that you've got to develop married friends. So, in every stage of life, you have to recruit. You have to know who is going to help me with the journey ahead. 
and you create those relationships in a meaningful way so you can expand beyond the possibility of just somehow being dragged down by others. The fifth word, realignment. It's interesting that in Hebrews chapter 13, there's a verse that says that we're to be perfect as he is perfect. Well, that's sort of an intimidating verse because he's perfect. And I know me, and I'm not perfect. But I don't know you, but I'm pretty sure you're not perfect. So, what in the world is he talking about? How can I be perfect? When you look the word that's described about us being perfect up, it's a word that means to constantly adjust. It says that I'm perfect and that I'm constantly adjusting. I'm learning, I'm growing. I'm gaining data points that allow me to make better decisions, have better actions. And so all of that means that I can be perfect and that I'm constantly adjusting. Now, that constant adjustment is something that allows me to become like Jesus. See, when a person says, well, this is just the way I am and I've always been this way, what you're hearing is a person who says, I'm not willing to grow. I'm not willing to adjust. Realignment. See, realignment's critical because here's the thing. If you don't have your tires properly aligned, one of two things is going to happen. They're going to wear out or they're going to blow out. And if you're always wearing out or you're always blowing out, then I want to propose to you that realignment's probably what you have to do. So if we're going to have sustainable ministry, five words, renewal. You've got to figure out how to let God's presence be an active part of your life every day. Reflection. You have to be willing to take the inside journey and say, what can I do better and how can I do it better? Reinvention. You have to be willing to say, hey, I'm not going to let yesterday be my best day. I'm going to make sure my best days are ahead of me. Recruitment. You keep finding people that can walk with you in your journey so that you can be better and do more than you've ever done before. And realignment. You're constantly adjusting to the nuances of life so that you don't wear out and you don't blow out. I appreciate so much that you take time to listen to the podcast. If there's any way that you could um, let people know on your uh, Facebook page or on any kind of uh, technology outlets that you have available to you, I would appreciate that so very, very much. Our quest is to help leaders, to grow leaders. Um, next week, uh, I'm doing my Plano Roundtable. If you're in the Texas area, I would encourage you to uh, call, go to my webpage on Gerald Brooks Ministries, and um, possibly sign up for that. I think that you would find it uh, a good opportunity. I have roundtables coming up in um, Florida and New Mexico and California, and so would love to have you uh, be a part of those. But thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. 
Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.
Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.